Welcome to the Cornerstone Baptist Church podcast. My name is Justin Wheeler. I am the preaching pastor for Cornerstone Baptist Church in Wiley, Texas. And it is June of 2020, which means that we have entered into that summertime stretch that we know all too well here in Texas. It's the time of year when some things begin to slow down and other things begin to speed up. It's the time of year when the the sun comes out and it doesn't go away for about four months. But in the midst of that, ministry continues. In fact, ministry typically speeds up over the summer. Our summer ministry schedule is usually filled with new teaching on Sunday mornings during our Cornerstone Academy classes, which we hope to get to as soon as we restart our Sunday school classes. Summer ministry also means Vacation Bible School in July, which my wife and dozens of other men and women in the church are already planning for as I speak. But summer ministry typically means mission trips. And for the last eight years, our church has been partnering with the Haiti Collective to do gospel ministry, to do leadership training, to do orphan care, and so much more in the country of Haiti. Uh, Our church partner in the city of Douin is a church that is dear to us. Her leaders are dear to us. But due to the political unrest that the country of Haiti as a whole has been experiencing over the last two years, we've been unable to take teams there. But as this time of year rolls around, and we typically are thinking more about the city of Duin and preparing to go and spend time with them, I just want to encourage our members here at Cornerstone to be thinking about the church there, be praying about our brothers and sisters there as well. See, back in 2012, a group of leaders from CBC uh, and some members as well, we went on what we called a vision trip to Haiti. We went for the first time. And we met the leaders of the Haiti Collective there. We met the leaders of various churches there. And we participated in a rewarding yet exhausting week of ministry. That week of ministry included pretty much anything you could think of. Uh, We were doing work projects. We were doing painting on the building and on the fence uh, surrounding the building, the security fence. Uh, We were doing door-to-door evangelism, which was really more like uh, just walk up, kind of hut-to-hut evangelism. We, we were doing leadership training. 30 or 40 pastors in the, the, the region there came, and during the day, we were training them. We were trying to pour into them. We did vacation Bible school with uh, somewhere around 80 to 100 kids, and we did all of this through interpreters. And then every evening, uh, there would be a worship gathering where one of us, one of the leaders, one of the pastors, one of the the men from the States was asked to preach. Now, I was asked to teach multiple times in in all of these settings, and um, it it was a wonderful time there. It was kind of a baptism by fire in that type of ministry. And, And most of my sermons were fairly simple, but one of them was a simple yet what I hoped to be a clear presentation of the gospel. And just recently, I pulled up my notes from that trip. I pulled up my notes from one of the sermons that I preached. And in the spirit of thinking about and praying for our brothers and sisters in Haiti, I wanted to share that message with you and ask that you would pray for God to allow that message and so many of the other messages that have been preached there to bear fruit for the kingdom. So without further ado, let me share a message that I preached in Haiti in 2012. Now, each Sunday as we gather for fellowship and worship, we celebrate the fact that Jesus, who was killed on a cross and buried in a tomb, also rose from the dead three days later. 
The miracle of resurrection is the centerpiece of what we call the gospel. And the gospel is the fundamental message of the Christian faith. And with the time we have this evening, I want us to focus our attention on the heart of the gospel message and the importance of the resurrection of Christ within that message. And we're going to do this by looking at Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. And we're going to break this passage into three parts. We're going to look at the messenger, the message, and the miracle. So, read along with me. Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his holy prophets in the holy scriptures, concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh, and was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the Spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Let's look first at the messenger who's speaking to us. Now, none of the biblical authors write on their own authority. The scriptures, though they were written down by men, have been given to us by the inspiration of God. 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us that all scripture is breathed out by God. What that means is that the Bible, though written by holy men, those men were taught by the Holy Spirit of God. And so, from the start of the book of Romans, we have to understand that this book has a divine author, one who has been used by the Spirit of God to speak to us. And the text is clear that that human agent is a man by the name of Paul. Well, who is Paul? Well, many of you know Paul, but we first meet Paul in the Bible in Acts chapter 7. He's a young man. He's a young man who is approving of the execution by stoning of the first Christian martyr, whose name was Stephen. When we first meet Paul, he's named Saul, and he was doing all he could do to ruin and destroy Christianity. But Paul's life was changed when he came face to face with the risen Jesus. He knew that Jesus had been crucified, but that same Jesus confronted him while he was traveling from one city to the next. Paul saw Jesus and his whole life was turned upside down on that day. He was a violent opponent of the Christian message, but when he saw Christ, he became an apostle sent out into the world to proclaim that Christian message that he once opposed. He was once part of the crowd who mocked the gospel as scandalous, but after he saw Jesus Christ raised from the dead, he had been set apart by the gospel, by God, for the gospel, and he had become unashamed of its message. In Romans chapter 1, a little bit later in verse 16, Paul says, This gospel is the power of God for salvation to all those who believe. You see, he once sought to rid the world of Christians, but now he is one. And the message that we celebrate every time we gather together in church is the same gospel message that turned Paul's life upside down. The messenger is the Apostle Paul, who was changed by the power of Jesus and who writes under the inspiration of God. But what exactly is the message he wants to convey to us? Well, let's look at the message and we're going to break this message into three different parts. The first part is this. The central message of the Christian faith 
is the gospel of God. Now, that word gospel simply means good news. The central message of the Christian faith, the gospel, well, it's good news. It's good in that it communicates to us what God has done to forgive us of sin and to adopt us into his family. Paul refers to the good news of the Christian faith as the gospel of God, which means that this gospel belongs to God. This is not man's gospel. This is not even Paul's gospel. It is God's gospel. God planned it. God promised that it would take place. God even carried it out, and he accomplishes his purpose in it when it is preached. And God has preserved his gospel message to this day because this message belongs to him. The central message of the Christian faith is the gospel that belongs to God, which he promised in the scriptures. The gospel message, though a mystery to earlier generations, has not been a secret. God has been pointing to it all along the way. The entire Bible tells the story of God unfolding his promises in the scriptures. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, God pointed to one who would come in the future and crush the head of the serpent to bring an end to the rebellion and usher in an age of peace between God and man. When the sin of mankind spread, covering the earth, bringing about God's judgment at the time of the flood, God used an ark to point us to the one who would come and carry us safely through judgment and deposit us into a new land of peace. When God's people were in captivity in Egypt, God pointed to Christ by showing them that they would be saved and delivered from slavery by the blood of a lamb. Throughout the prophets, God promised time and again that one would come to suffer in our place so that by his stripes we would be healed. Every prophet throughout all of Scripture has been pointing us to the good news of God's rescue mission which concerns his son. The central message of the Christian faith is the gospel of God, the gospel that belongs to God, which he has promised in all of his scriptures, and this message concerns his son. Now, ultimately, the Old Testament prophets were not pointing us to a plan. They were pointing us to a person. They weren't pointing us to a military strategy. They were pointing us to a divine hero. And when the time came, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, was born in human flesh. The hero that the world had been waiting for came to us as a baby born in a stable. In Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, we read, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. This is the essence of the gospel message. Jesus Christ has come to redeem us and to adopt us. This is the central truth of the Christian faith, that our salvation does not rest in our performance before God, but in the person and work of Jesus Christ. The good news is not that through the law you can free yourself from sin. The good news is that by trusting in Christ by faith, you are free from the power of sin and from the guilt of the law. You see, Jesus, the Son of God, is the centerpiece of the Christian message. It's not our goodness that's the centerpiece. Jesus is the centerpiece. Because the only way that we can have peace with God, 
is through the perfect sacrifice. And Jesus is that perfect sacrifice. You see, our only hope is him. But here's the big question. How can we know that he truly saves us? Well, we've looked at the messenger. We learned that it was the Apostle Paul, changed by the gospel, inspired by God. We learned about the message, which is that salvation comes through faith in Christ, and it's been unfolding in all of God's Word. But now let's turn our attention to the miracle in verse 4. Paul writes, He was declared to be the Son of God in power, according to the Spirit of holiness, by His resurrection from the dead. Now, this verb declared here carries with it the idea of establishing boundaries. It comes from the Greek word horizo, which we get our word horizon from. And horizon refers to boundary lines between the earth and the sky. And the point Paul is making here is that the resurrection of Jesus from the dead marks his deity with absolute clarity. Now, to a first-century Jew, the idea of a dead Messiah would be devastating. In their minds, the Messiah wasn't supposed to die. He was supposed to live and conquer and rule. So their hopes were dashed by the death of Jesus. But the resurrection blows all of our expectations out of the water. The resurrection of Christ was the open exercise of divine power and the undeniable display of God's satisfaction with His work. The resurrection unquestionably proves Jesus to be the Son of God and the Savior of the world. Jesus is not simply a moral teacher on par with other moral teachers. He is not simply a good religious leader on the historical stage with other religious leaders. His resurrection declares him to be the unique Son of God who successfully accomplished the redemption of his people. The miracle of his resurrection makes clear that he is Christ Jesus our Lord, and he can be trusted. The messenger, the message, and the miracle. That's it. That's what we celebrate when we gather to worship. The good news of God that has come to us through his servants and that points us to his son who loved us and laid down his life for us for the forgiveness of our sin so that we can have peace with God, that is the gospel message. And that's the central truth of the Christian faith. The good news, the central message of Christ, is that we trust our soul to one who paid the price for our sins upon the cross and then rose from the grave to show that his work was done. We entrust our eternity to Jesus, the one who knew no sin but became sin so that we might be the righteousness of God. And that was a sermon that I preached in 2012 to a group of men and women and young people that I had never met but had become a dear part of my life, a dear part of our lives as the church here at Cornerstone committed to ministry in Haiti. And would you join in praying for this body of believers, these brothers and sisters that we can't get to at this point? And would you pray that God would bless them and strengthen them and encourage them and protect them, that he would use them to allow this gospel message to continue to go forth and bear fruit for the glory of God. If you want to learn more about Cornerstone Baptist Church, you can find us online at cornerstonewiley.org. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at CBC Wiley. 
You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Cornerstone Wiley. And you can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play to stay up to date on all the new content. Thank you so much for listening and for praying.